What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to Cloud Conversations. Let's just jump right to this. This is Loriana Mercado, a.k.a. Coco. Barbie Banks, you know what I do. All right, let's get right to it. All right, so my what man. What you want to talk about today? Uh, man, life, times, the cloud. Get some conversations in. It's been I about like a that. week since we last did this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was nice, actually. I actually listened to our last podcast uh, mm-hmm. all the way through. And that was interesting. Just just to be able to hear your thoughts and your vision um, recorded. You kind of yes. pick up little things. And that was very intriguing just because... <laughs> Now I know what I sound like and what I, <laughs> little habits that I actually find myself doing. Yeah. So it's uh, it's funny, too, because you never this is a different medium to, to hear yourself in. You know what I mean? I've been yeah. doing it for a little while, so I'm used to it at this point. So for me, it's just like turn it on and go. But uh, right. it's always interesting that first time. Now, the interesting thing is going to be to see if you go from how you sounded on the first one if you try to be different this time i'm gonna call you out oh yeah you, you have to <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be the funny thing you know it's being and like what, oh shit i don't want to <laughs> say this word too much you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no i'm gonna definitely keep it 100 it's myself i'm gonna die one day so i say fuck it you know that's yeah. how i like to live my life but it's <laughs> just the medium of all this is definitely intriguing so i used to say um a lot and like I didn't I didn't realize it. I think I said it when I was talking like regular conversation as well. Mm-hmm. And when I first started doing podcasts, like I was like so excited that I would record a podcast and then I'd listen back and I'd be like, why the fuck do I keep saying um? And I'd be like, um, yeah, so um um and that was one thing that I did like force myself to stop doing. Right. So like you're going to find little things like that as we get as you get more comfortable doing it. It's just always funny to go back and like a year from now, you'll be able to go back and listen to like the first episode. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Up, trust me. It's, it's funny. How was your week, yeah. though? Or your weekend, rather? Oh, uh, weekend's great. So, you know, I work at a restaurant on the weekends and you know, the more times I have more times to myself, which is Monday through Thursday in my book. Mm hmm. I don't look forward towards the weekend like I used to, and probably because that's when I'm really clocking into to a nine to five for somebody else's on somebody else's behalf. Yes, I mean I love customer service. I I love talking to people, and I wouldn't say I love serving, even though I kind of do. But I don't like being a servant, and I almost want to distinguish that they're two different things. I love serving people, but I do not like being a servant. Yes, and being a restaurant server it's a fine line i believe i'm there for people i'm help them to deliver experience but i'm also fucking being the person like hey can i get more ranch oh right away sir and so it's definitely a fine line so it's a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. but honestly that was it came and it left and i'm kind of glad it's over honestly and you know now how are things out there i know you uh I think the fires are pretty much handled, right? Yeah, it's pretty much handled. There's so pockets, is it back so. to business as usual out there, or is it is it slow? It's it's very slow. A lot of businesses shut down. The town next to mine, you know, got completely burnt down. And I think it's uh, still a work in progress. You know, I'm still finding that people are still coming out of the house for the first time, even with COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the fires just woke them up and be like, man, I just need to 
get out there and experience some shit before yeah. life happens. Uh, I think everybody's just getting fatigue of being like in the house. You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to kind of get back to, I don't want to say normal because I just, I don't think that's ever coming back like that. But you want to get on to the next phase, if that makes sense, right? It's like if we have to live our lives differently because of COVID or because of you know, wildfire or whatever it may be, let's just get to that final phase. Let's get there. Let's just, let's just start living it. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. I, and I think that's the whole thing. It's like just you can't have fear because, you know, you know, I think nature's always going to win, whether it's fires or some fucking disease spreading through immune yeah. systems and shit like that it's kind of like you just have to keep going and at least covid helped me enabled me to have the, just working on the weekends and uh mm-hmm. it woke me up to the sense of the rest of the week i have to make it for myself now because with the craziness in the world uh, i think we have to just be more self-reflective be like i got to do something for me and yeah. i think that's been a nice awakening do you change your mindset when you go to work on the weekends like, cause I know, so I talk to you, we, we talk all the fucking time, but like, mm-hmm. it's always a, we speak so freely and so, so easily because we both have the same entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Right. And it's, uh, I don't know, hearing you say you dreaded going into there. Do you, when you go to, when you go to work, do you feel like this isn't right? You know what I mean? Or is your mindset like. I do this so it allows me to do the other things. Like, the job doesn't own me. I'm choosing to do it. Does that make sense? Like, It does make sense. Uh-huh. So it's, um, before when I was working about five, six, six days a week, mm-hmm. it end- eventually got to that point. And I've noticed each job I've accumulated over the years, there'd be a certain breaking point. So where I developed a mentality of like, oh, this is not for me. And this started to turn into that and that's why i just told management look you had me on the most busy days um friday saturdays sundays to work in this restaurant but now when i do go to the work just on the weekends i it slightly kicks in but once i do show up i know i'm very good at what i do Mm -hmm. and so it's just no sweat because time just goes by fast and it is decent money like and it helps pay for some stuff so that kind of helps as well but it drives me more to want to make the rest of the week more worthwhile so I can stop doing that. So it's definitely a means to an end. Yeah. Now, does it, you say you, you always get to that point. Does it, is it the actual job? Like what the job is, or is it just the fact that you don't own it? Like, does, can the job be whatever? Because for me, that. it's more that, right? Yes. You can, I could literally draw up what I do at a job and go and do that job. But if I don't own it, I will always feel temporary. Does that yes. make sense? Always. Yeah. Like, and it don't matter. You could give me the easiest fucking job in the world. Just go and sit here and watch sports. And I'm going to be like, eventually I'll be like, man, this is temporary because this is not what I'm meant to do because it isn't mine. And I didn't know if that was like a me specific thing because that's not always a good thing, right? Because like I've bounced around in my past. I bounced around jobs and shit based off of that. And you start to question yourself like oh shit is it that i just don't want to work (laughs) no i'm willing to put in the work just not for (laughs) y'all yeah and i think that's what it comes to the last conversation that we had talking Mm -hmm. about you know this nine to five era and how do we value our time kind of dives deep into the same thing it's like 
before it was like, I don't want to work for anybody. And then I was like, well, am I lazy? But then when you feel like you can create for yourself and it comes to fruition, it comes mm-hmm. alive, then you're like, wow, why am I working for somebody else? And uh, so that kicks in. I do not like going to work knowing I'm about to, my boss rarely shows up. He owns seven different businesses. One is that restaurant. And he's sitting at home in his nice big house drinking wine with his wife and kids. Hmm. And I'm like, huh, I don't want to be here. <laughs> so I think we only have a job but I have a, to okay. make money. So you don't, I was thinking when you kind of played his scenario out, mm-hmm. do you want to be him even? Like, see, the, the scariest thing for me is that like, that sounds good, right? Don't get me wrong. I do want to be him as far as like owning your businesses and letting them work for you. Mm -hmm. But like, there's a part of me that I enjoy working my businesses as well. You know what I mean? Like, I almost don't want something that I can just set and forget. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's that sound. I know that sounds crazy. And that's who wouldn't want that. Right. I do want passive income. But it's like for me, if I I feel like if I'm not touching it regularly, not it doesn't have to be like I'm there, I'm the nigga serving people every now and then. But like, I would have to pop in and out. Oh yeah, definitely. Does that make sense? Like like pretty regularly, I would think. Right. I like to work. That sounds crazy, but like you know what I mean. And especially when I when I own it, you know what I mean. That does sound fucking crazy because I'm slightly the opposite in the sense of if we grew up without having a job, let's just say in the planet Earth, nobody was required to work to to live or survive. Mm-hmm. Would you still want to work? And I guess it's hard to question because we really wouldn't know because the times, you know, it's hard yeah. to be, and be it's there. also it's also a, it's a it, defining the work, right? Because mm-hmm. like I think I maybe and to take you i do sports you know that so so to take it back to a sport thing right it's yeah like you see your top athletes in the world and they still spend millions and millions of dollars on coaches you know what i mean mm-hmm. like just i don't know let's take lebron james for instance right he spends the most money on his body and on shooting coaches and he, he does a mental health coach and everything right Every yeah. single year, he's trying to get better. And it's like, he he doesn't have to. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, he doesn't ha- He could walk away today and be considered one of the greatest. Or he could just not do that stuff and it still function. You know what I mean? But I, I believe there's something in him that's like, I kind of enjoy doing the work. Like, I enjoy taking myself from one place to another. Physically mm-hmm. and mentally. And I think that's what it is. Like, I just like... It's the same thing with my entrepreneurial stuff. I like seeing one dollar turn into two dollars. I don't give a fuck what it is. I think it's like it's just it's one of my things. You know what I mean? Like so, the I passion just love wouldn't be the work. The passion would be your compounding money or interest. Would you say that is? Yeah, that's that's no. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's parallel. It's the yeah. And for me, it's it's about equal as both, right? But I to me, the work is how is is the method. You know what I mean? Because I haven't, I'm not a genius that has instinctively figured out this thing to consistently progress without 
doing the work. You know what I mean? Because like, and when I say the work, it doesn't mean like we, I want the people to know, you know, but I want the people to know, like, we're not saying like, you got to clock in somewhere. I'm saying like, I need to build this website and I don't fucking know how to build websites. So the work is I'm literally Googling, how do I get my header black? You know what I mean? <laughs> the work to me is, is having to figure out things on my own. And that's, that's what I mean by the work, but it's, it's frustrating in the moment, but it's worth it. And I, and I kind of enjoy it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm probably just rambling. I don't really give a fuck. At this no, it kind of makes sense. Because I liked I where you took it. You know what I mean? It like yeah. over, it took me the conversation rather. Yeah. I think we just have to change up the word work. I think yeah. everyday people hear work. It's like, I, if you ask a stranger in the street, Hey, do you want to go to work today? Or somebody's waking up at five in the clock in the morning or nine. Mm-hmm. It's like, where are you going? They're like, I'm going to work, man. And so it's a stigma of like, nobody wants to go to work. But then with you, it's almost like we should be asking, hey, if you found your passion, would you just do that every day? And then all of a sudden find out a way to get paid for it. So, I mean, we can sit at home and create a website and do this. I think there's a different line. And I think you found your your little outlet that most people haven't. And it just strives so I think another interesting thing I was just thinking about when you were saying that is I think it also matters how you were introduced to the word work, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you say you, you grew up in a household with your mom and your dad and your dad worked at a factory and your mom worked at the same factory or anywhere else, wherever, right? And dad dreaded going to work every day, right? Like this was, he was pissed off because he had to go to work or he just doesn't like his fucking job, but it pays the bills, right? I right. think if that's your first introduction to the word work or what work means, then absolutely you're going to have, it's going to carry negative connotations. Right. But for me, the first instance of the word work came from sports as a youth. Like the coaches would say, like you have to put in the work. Right. So work was never when I hear, when I would hear the word work or what I correlate the word work to is never Ah, fuck, I got to get up and (laughs) go to the factory and do the same thing over for eight hours. It's like, okay, nah, I just got to dig in. That's what I, that's what it means to me. You know what I mean? I just, I got to dig in. I love that because, you know, because you did play basketball for a couple of years. Yeah. And so it's like, man, if somebody say, hey, you could be really good at basketball and you put in the work and you get there. It's so interesting. That doesn't really get instilled us, instilled in us at an early age. It's almost like you have to have your own hope and wishes. Be like, this is what I'm going to become. I'm going to work hard at it to make it reality, such as LeBron James. Because now it's not work or a job. It's his passion for who he is. And now he's just getting it done. That's just interesting. That's that's perfect that we go there. So the conversation that you text me about, right? Um, Let's go into that a little bit because it's interesting. Now, I don't what what's the name of the day that today is? What was the, what's the specific holiday name? So today is, you know, October 20th is National Youth Confidence Day. It's where we want to encourage us to connect and inspire today's youth for tomorrow's success. So as when you were a child, even if looking back now, you would say they were your role models, but you didn't know it at the time. Like who were your or did you have one specific role model? Did I have a role model back in the day? I'm currently 33 now. I would mm-hmm. say I actually didn't. In my eyes that I remember currently, 
just because it was almost like I was going through the process. So when I was eight years old, you know, I was adopted by a white German family and we moved out of the New York City, just about like an hour, hour and a half away. And so it was kind of the snowball effect. And, you know, it was beautiful that, you know, this family took us underneath their umbrella to, you know, guide us for the rest of our lives. But even then I was still stuck. I've always been a thinker, kind of just lost in this wonderment of who, what, where, why. And so, and then moving to Indiana, I was kind of just snowball effect into this is what we're, this is what I'm doing. This is school, school's over, play basketball, the end. And mm. so, but that's also when I started drinking a lot and smoking a lot. And so I've always, I was always there, but never there. And so with the role model, I'd have to say it actually came within the last, you know, year or two when I was fully immersed by myself out in Oregon currently. And then who aligns with my thinking that can help it amplify that inspires me to kind of want to be them. And I, and I thought about three different people that kind of done that. And the first one would probably be, uh, well, Nikola Tesla, who's, you know, the famous inventor for, you know, alternating currents and wireless power transfers. Uh, that sort of thinking always ignited me to think, wow, like we could have flying cars and we can have all this crazy futuristic shit. And I, I love the wonderment in that. And the second person would be, would be Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. And I label him as the doer, especially from New York. He had a, a vibe and a way he was talking to me while I was listening to his either audio books or just listening to him speak. And it was more like, shut the fuck up get shit done do this from a to b and i was like yeah that makes complete sense especially the way he was coming from start right. small and it that small increments grew into bigger increments and so to me he is still one of my little role models as in like get shit done the doer and the last person would i would say uh -huh. would be elon musk would be like the thinker in my vision somebody i could relate to was you know, creating this extravagant ideas, putting to the action to effect. No matter how crazy he sounds or what he's doing, he's getting shit done. And plus, he's going to space. I've always been a space fanatic. <laughs> yeah. I know at some point I'm going to the fucking moon or Mars or out of space or something like that. So space travel has been like that. So I'd say those would be those top three people right there. Okay. That, and that these are transform my life. But these are mostly they have. So do you look, you still look to them when you look for, when you look to them as role models now, like, do you look at them? Is it more of a practical way or kind of an overall sense of it's possible because like, I, I imagine the, I understand the Gary V thing being it's, it's more practical actions. Cause he's fucking phenomenal with that. Right. Right. And that's, that can be an everyday thing, but the, the Elon Musk, he's interesting to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Because my favorite story about him has nothing to do with him like going to space or creating these Teslas and all this amazing. Well, it does, but it doesn't. It's after the sale of PayPal, right? Right. He takes all of his money, all of it, and throws it into Tesla. Oh, yes. So much so 
that he had to borrow money for rent. Mm-hmm. Like imagine getting an eight figure check, eight figure check. <laughs> and then within a year of that, having to borrow money for rent. You want to talk about betting on yourself. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's the oh, people that put their fucking money where their mouth is. Oh, they always do it for me. Right. Cause yes. like that always inspires me because there's, there've been days, there's been a lot of days where I've been like, I could just go get a job. <laughs> I should probably just go get a job or I could spend this last 40 bucks I got on this website. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. it always tends to work itself out, but like he's, He's one to me that's like uh it's the overall inspiration for me. But like I, I categorize those people as like inspirational. And it's funny because growing up, role model to me was like somebody that I wanted to be, right? So when yeah. I was a kid, I think about like I it's gonna it's it's gonna sound crazy, but there was there was a specific guy that growing up. I wanted to be this guy. Excuse me. And his name was Tucker, actually. And so I don't know what Tucker's actual profession was because I was a child. Um, let's just say this. He was rumored to pimp. He was rumored to be a drug dealer. He was also a deacon at the church. <laughs> but Tucker owned a building, right? Right. It was a nightclub called Tucker's Place. And I'm a kid, right? But all the adults went to Tucker's place. And every time he had an event, it just seemed like it was a special event, right? I don't know, because I was a fucking child. But to me, Tucker was the coldest because he always had suits and he drove a Cadillac, right? And like he was just so smooth. He had the gold tooth in the front. And when he would be like, we'd be at the park playing ball and Tucker pull up and talk to you like he just talked to you like a pimp, right? And I was like, everybody knew him. And you know he's getting money because he owns this building and shit, right? So I'm like, I know he's getting money. And everybody knows him. And it's everybody. it seems like everybody respect him. But I don't know how he gets his money. And that's intriguing to me, right? And I was like, yeah, that's going to be me, right? I'm like, I'm going to own the hottest club here in the city. And so just little stuff like, and it sounds crazy. But like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be like Tucker one day. Not knowing how Tucker got to where he was. And not that I was going to do the same thing to get the money, but like, I was like, yeah, I want to have enough money to do things my own way. Definitely. That's what Tucker represented to me. Like, he do it his own way. And to me, yeah, like that was, I mean, I had athletes I looked up to and stuff too, but like, I never was like, hey, I want to be Derek Jeter. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, shit, I'm probably not that good at baseball like that. So that's not possible. He's cool though. <laughs> like, I was never like, I want to be Michael Jordan. I'm probably not going to be 6'8". Yep. I was a realist as a child. So I was like, yeah, nah, it's not going to happen. But Tucker, I can pimp some hoes to this day. <laughs> I can do that. Bubble? Yeah. And it's like, hey, maybe this is my calling. And so I used to, I, it, like I said, crazy, but I used to look up to him. No, not that. crazy at all. It makes sense. You know, you see somebody as a young child who 
has embodies everything that you want to be and portrays. And I think that eludes confidence. I think when we see confidence as a young child, yeah, an adult that's a good word. who has a certain yeah. swagger to them, you're like, yes. He's yeah. different from all these other so-called adults. This motherfucker yes. got some swagger confidence, and I want to be that. How do we put that? Can you... Do kids have that to look up to now? Do you know? Like, these kids seem different, man. Like, I I know as we get older, we become like old guys that say, yo, this generation's crazy. But this generation is different, man. They look up to people their own age. Yeah. And that's, that's true. crazy to me. It's not crazy. It's crazy to me because, like, we just, I think this might be the first time in history that it's that way. Right. But the people that they follow and watch and look up to the most are people that are their own age. My fear is that that might leave them stagnant. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, so? explain that. So if you say you grew up, we, we grew up in the 90s, right? And let's say you had any kind of hoop dreams at all and you wanted to be Michael Jordan, right? Right. Your dream wouldn't be dashed until a minimum of high school, maybe. Why? Because Michael Jordan's in the NBA and obviously you're not going to be Michael Jordan today. You're eight. So you could still strive for this thing, right? right. Yeah. It's still possible. And it's going to be possible for a long time to dream. Mm, to grow into it. If you're 11 and you're looking up to this other YouTuber who's 12 and he's got 20 million followers, that's what you want to do. You feel like you've lost already. Why? He's already done it. You know what I mean? So it, it, I wonder if they question themselves like, well, I mean, maybe he's just, he's better than me. I, I couldn't do it. I'm 11 and he's 11 and. I started mine when we were both 10 and now he's the, you know what I mean? Like they, I, I don't know. Does that make sense at all? It makes sense. But I, I actually, I don't talk to like a lot of 11 year olds or 12 year olds. I do have a niece and nephew and kind of see what they follow and who they follow and why. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a lot of, a lot of like, you know, their own rap artists in today's era and also some YouTube celebrities. And that's what they'll say. Like, Oh, he's a YouTube guy, this and that. Yes. So, I would like to think it would be more of a more of a competition. So I think even as we get older, I think you're so right. You know, our role models are going to get younger and younger than us. And like we're at that era that we got born that we can look at these great figures changing the world or who inspired us to be greater than ourselves. And now these kids are having <laughs> their generation and their same age making yeah. these big differences and making money. I almost hope that it would bring a competitive attitude to them. Like, fuck, I'm 18. This dude did it 17. I have to, let, let me get this shit by 19 and see what I can do and step up my game rather than see, just to, feeling lost. To some of them, I'm sure it will. But when we're talking 17 and 18, mm-hmm. my opinion on that is by age 14, you are who you are. You can grow and evolve, but as far as your molding of, of, the baseline of the DNA of who you are and how you carry yourself is in there already. If you're not a competitive person at 14, chances are you're not going to be competitive at 18 and 19, right? Not that you won't be successful in that, right. but like I'm not your, sure. temp- <laughs> your temperaments, your temperaments are usually developed by then. I got a million fucking kids in my house at all times, right? 
So right. it's interesting to me is I get to see the differences and the similarities in them, right? And the majority of these kids aren't competitive. Right. That's not just like the YouTube shit and the sports. I coach basketball. All we have to, the biggest struggle coaching middle school basketball is getting them to compete. Because they think they're better than they are. And once they get on the court, if that isn't replicated, like if it's not as easy as they thought it should be. They give up? It's it's over, bro. It Hmm. is over. On the flip side of that, the teams I had, when they would blow teams out, oh, they would blow teams out, right? Yeah. But their confidence was was their confidence and their level of effort is all based on what the if the results matches what they thought was gonna happen. Two, three years running, I had the best team in our whole league. All you had to do to beat us was get an early lead. Get an right. early lead. If you don't get an early lead, they are my team is going to run you out of the building. But all you gotta do is get an early lead. And that makes sense. Get an early lead. You just, just destroy the mentality of like, hey, you might have a chance. And the other team's like, not today. We're up they, by fucking 15 points. Competing. Mm. And they don't they don't like tough. The guy, the kids I have, they don't mind the tough coaching just because they know me, because they grew up with my son. And you know what I mean? Right. But most of these kids, they bro, they would not make it in sports as the sports that we came up with like the style of coaching right and i don't even know that that style of coaching was right for the record i'm not a big i'm not a super yeller and things like that you know what i mean but like it was definitely tough love and then (laughs) dude let me tell you tell a kid right now hey you're not as good as you think you are that he might quit sports in general like that could be a wrap they're just different it's just different and I, I wonder I just don't know I don't know where why that why the change and where it came and is it good or is it bad right because like I think, to me I think it's good because I think uh, with kids seeing role models their certain age I think within the next hundred years it's just going to get younger and younger and if it's not basketball they might pivot towards a YouTube or be like no I'm really good at gaming now, yeah. back in the day, if you were good at gaming and saw a role model as a, quote, gamer, that to me, that'd be like a harder outlet to get into. I think oh, yeah. kids today have so many more options rather than even taking competitive out of it. You don't have to, to I guess, chase your dreams or something like that. But I think it's fascinating. I think we're just getting rid of the old and, and coming in with the new. And I think kids are becoming more evolutionary conscious than we were. And I think that's why it's going to change the game. I think that's why I believe it's for the better because yeah. it's going to create something else we, we have yet to even thought about or think about yet. See, all I ever want for like from my kids, I don't really care what you do. It's just you're going to do it, right? As long as it's what you A, love to do and you're going to try at it. I don't want, my only rule is I don't want to, I'm not going to care about it more than you. You know what I mean? So if it's basketball, you're going to have to put in the work to show me you care about it. You care about it. I care about it. If you don't, I don't either. No hard feelings. We just not something that we do, right? It's just 
it's it seems, and I, I bet the generation before us would say the same thing about us, right? It, I like think just, exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, exactly I'm quite sure it. they would. It's just for the sake of conversation, this is kind of where we're at, right? The evolution of, um, even though anything is possible, I tell the kids that all the time. You can be whatever you want to be. If you want to be a gamer, like you said, that wasn't really possible when we were growing up. It just wasn't. Now, not only is it possible, it's probable. And it's a low barrier of entry. Like, yeah, you can do it with an audience in an hour. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's possible. It's it's profitable. It's real. Bruh, thank you. So now it's like, okay, cool. Do that's what you want to do. You can do that. Everything is possible. It's just I, I question the ambition. You know what I mean? Because kind of. I I see it in these kids every day. And a lot of them want things that they're not willing to work for. And I'm the best person to teach them that you, you're going to have to do some kind of work for whatever you want. Because I feel like over my lifetime, I had some phenomenal ideas mm-hmm. that I just gave up on. Right. I had some great things that I gave up on. So when I tell them, no, 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 you have to put in the work. I'm not telling them from the mountaintop. I'm telling them from, listen, if I could take the trail again, I would have done this, right? Trust me, this one. And it's just like, it doesn't click. It doesn't click. It's almost like they think they really expect to turn on YouTube and get a million views from the jump. Like a hundred percent. I'll I'll use I'll use one of the kids that lives in my house. He's so sensitive that he would be so embarrassed if I said his name, so I'm not gonna do that, right? Okay. We'll call him Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> his real name's Jimmy too. Got him. <laughs> 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 we'll call him Jimmy. I ain't gonna Chumpy do it like sli- that. Chumpy slick with it. <laughs> but no. So Jimmy's Jimmy is 11 no jimmy's 10 gonna be 11 Mm -hmm. he has wanted a youtube since i've known him right and so three years he's been talking about starting this youtube channel starting this youtube channel and then i his younger brother tells me oh he had a youtube channel i'm like what yeah he's got one i'm like jimmy did you post a video like you got let me go send the link i want to go look at it or whatever Nah, I took it down. What do you mean you took it down? The video or... Nah, the whole account. I just deleted it. Why? It didn't get that many views. I said, you didn't go viral on your first video, so you shut your whole account down? Yeah, it was just... Nobody really watched. He was dead serious, bro. Right. Now, let me say this on behalf of Jimmy. It's going to connect it, too. So, do I think kids have realized they can work a lot less than we had to back in the day. And granted, we're still young, but I think kids have to work a lot less today to make money ends meet. So, if there's so many different avenues to really make money, I think the ambition goes slightly away. But then again, when was when I was ten? I did not even start a YouTube channel or start a blog or 
start a journal and he did even though he deleted it to me that's a huge growth from where we were at 10 years old and so the, i think the mind is so different even if he like tried different things i think the kids minds already know there's a payoff a lot quicker with a lot less work and i think they're just figuring out how to work smarter and not harder and he's like well this didn't go viral delete but his next video if he's got some brain chemistry in there it might if he wants it to and he's just like or the today's work it's like why don't you work hard at this and what does that mean that means hey being consistent by posting videos and posting this but okay me and you talking is that hard work no i don't mean i think again we're crossing up our definitions of work right no i'm, I'm from the kids point from of view. the kids perspective i got you okay yeah 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 uh, honestly I, I i don't know like i try not to judge we make jokes in this house because that's just what growing up with a black dad is like right <laughs> so i hit him with the jokes all the time but i don't know what the fuck these kids is going through if i'm being honest so like i also think that they are dealing with way more bullshit than we had to you know what I mean? Especially the ones that have access to internet and friends all the time. Because, mm. like, before, if you were the weird kid and, like, you didn't really have a lot of friends, you got a break in the summertime. You got a break on the weekends. Why? You didn't see people. You don't have to go to school and see anybody. Nowadays, man, it's like they're, the bullshit could just be following them. So I never really take what they have for granted. I make jokes just because it's what I do. But the psyche of these kids these days, ah, oof. you could write 30 books on it, bro. And I don't know if any of them would get it right. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I think kids are a lot smarter than we were. And even now, being at our age, I think they're a lot smarter with a different flavor. Like, for example, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an archaeologist and astronomer. And I remember looking up how much they make a year. And I'm like, ooh, because it's always about money. First, you know, passion. And then after that, well, is this sustainable? Will I be able to create a future with this? And then, like, I hear side talks from people that are older than me. Like, ooh, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't make a lot of money, right? Yeah. And then you realize it's a money game that I'm trying to set up my future for, at least back in, you know, the 90s and early 2000s. And I'm like, oh, is this what it's about? And then I think. To, in today's age, even just uploading a YouTube video, I think that's oh, that's whatever you want to do. You could it's possible now because now it's infinite money in any different channels because people are uploading their stuff to the cloud. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think we were given the opportunity at all. I mean, we were. We I just mean, was not in that game. Yeah, we we weren't. And I, and like I, like you just said, I don't even know how we could end up reacting exactly the same way that they are right i'm not trying to say that i've got to figure it out it's just it, it does intrigue me it does intrigue me and I, I live in a constant situation where i get to see children at all ages and levels right now and it's kind of cool because like i said i've got a one-year-old we also got a six-year-old in the house then we've got an eight-year-old a 10-year-old a 13-year-old a 14-year-old a 15-year-old you know what i mean like yeah. it's let me ask Seeing you this then, all. Uh -huh. since, since you have kids and you've also, you also coach uh, youth basketball, what, 
Do you have some sort of notion what success means to kids today? Yeah. Um, so the beauty in the success, I don't, I don't know about like, uh, when it comes to like the YouTube stuff, I don't know. I'm guessing it means views, but I, honestly, I haven't spent enough time in any of that world to know, but I can yeah, talk to you about the YouTube. sports world, the yeah, sports just, world. Just naturally. What do they think about it? Like what is the exact same thing that we have winning, hmm. winning. And it's the one thing that we connect over winning i People always like tell winners. my i always tell my team i don't give a good flying fuck how you get there if we win if you want to run the play to the left side run the goddamn play to the refs run it to the left side if it still gets me two points at the end of it i don't care how you do it right well can i set the screen and maybe james can bring the ball up the court and then he passes the geo that that's fine no we don't have to run the play because i made the play I made the play to score and y'all just want to like, you know what I mean? So like ultimate goal success is winning. And so you can do all the right things. You could play. If we play a, say we play a six game tournament, we blow team five, we blow teams out in all the first five games. And then we lose the championship game by one point. We failed. The whole tournament's a failure. Not just to me, to to them, them. they're done. They're done. Forget the five games that we dominated. And it's like, if you think about it, if you take a step back, you played six games and you dominated 99% of the time. You know what I mean? Right. But that makes sense in, in like a, in a, in a sports field. But what about like, yeah. a, like your everyday children? They talk like any worries, oh. any like success talk or like, Hey, any future talk, I guess. What's next? Do they have a future? reflection from the same thing as the sports kids do? I think it's it's the same but different. So, like, it depends on, like, what they're into. So, all of the younger crowd is they're into YouTube, period, and gaming. Like, that's their basketball for me. You know what I mean? Right. And so, for them, it's views and subscribers. Like if you were to if if you ask me to name my favorite NBA player, I could tell you his name, how many points he averages a game, any championships, this, this, and that. Ask them about their favorite YouTubers. They're gonna tell you the name, how many subscribers he get he has, and about how many views each video gets. They know it. Like stats. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's similar with that. It's like uh I don't think it's about the content. Cause I'm sure there's YouTubers out there putting out genius, con- like beautiful, perfect content, even if it's just playing the games and they're funny and this and that, but for some reason it's not getting the numbers. The majority of the people would look in that world would look at that. Like, ah, oh, it's not successful. But are kids really focusing on the numbers at, you know, 10, 11 years old? Are they really that in tune they about are, like stats? They are focusing on numbers at six years old. That's crazy six years old but i wonder why that is i wonder if it's like they just see it as a popularity contest with the world i think they just want a piece of that i think it's what it is it also youtube might be the first thing that they were encouraged to participate in in the world Hmm. right it's nowhere else is there an even playing field not at school you can't go out and get a job and make money but 
you have an even playing field with a 40 year old on YouTube. If you're five years old and you're funny, my daughter, that's one watches some little girl play with mini toys. That girl is probably six years old. Right. That girl yeah. has probably 11 million subscribers and my daughter's a fan. You can put that girl up against the most successful podcaster person that goes live on YouTube and he could be a 35 year old man and she stands above him. You see what I mean? And I believe this is the first arena where that's like a thing. So it matters differently to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe it's it's also a part of that gaming culture. It's just a game. And so in every we, game, you try to so have more numbers than the others, you know? <laughs> yeah, so are we creating, or has it already been done, that YouTube is our youth's role model? Would you say yeah, that's definitely. fair? Yeah, it's already been done. That's crazy, huh? That's kind yeah, of it's a... It's done. YouTube is our, the youth's role models for today's yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah. I And it's, it's being... Yeah, it is, That's man. a trip. It is. And just think, like, you know, when you watch YouTube videos, too, at least in the past, you know, you get stuck in this YouTube rabbit hole. Just yep. think about, you know, our kids getting stuck in that YouTube rabbit hole and what that does. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I've never been, I'm thinking back through, like, all the kids, like, because I told you I have a wide age range. And yeah. all of them, they turn to YouTube, bro. Like, YouTube is it for them. And like, and all the way down to my one year old, like I said, she religiously watches this little girl play with mini toys and she'll sit there for an hour and watch the whole video. Disney can't keep her like that, but that little girl on YouTube can. And it ain't like the girl got professional cameras. It's like mommy shooting it on iPhone, bro. Like, it's, you know what I mean? But it's like, to it, it just, I don't know what it is with this YouTube stuff. Like, but it's, it's their thing. And it could be like, I think we had, we just had TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, yeah. We Especially had TV. BET late night. You know, that helped a little hey, rabbit hole for hey, us. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just took me back, <laughs> man. That stuff didn't come on. It's about one in the morning. That BET uncut. Yeah. Listen, the first time I, that's the first time I found out who Pharrell and NERD was. They had the <laughs> rock star video on there. Girls with a full, full tits out. Yes. Full tits out. That's the first time. And so, listen, I recorded it on VHS, right? Mm -hmm. I remember going to school and telling, it might have been Corey, <laughs> Corey or Jordan. I was like, listen, there's this little black, there's this black kid, but he's got like a fucking rock band. It's like rock music, but black people. But anyways, the girls in there, they had the tits out. He's like, where did you get the video? I was like, no, no, no. It comes on BET. I had all my friends watching BET Uncut. <laughs> right? All I, know, of I remember watching uh, Nelly's Tip Drill. And, it, and I love hey. the song, I love the video. <laughs> but then I realized the Uncut came on. I was like, what is this? I've already seen this. I was like, oh, titties no, everywhere. Different. <laughs> oh, what? Yes, man. Yes. Oh, boy. And you, you know, know they what? find this shit like that on YouTube right now. Oh, yeah. Bruh, come on. Yes. Damn, that's crazy. It is crazy. You know, that's probably we got hypersexualized as growing up. We fucking definitely like, did. Yeah. Just Especially, fucking horn dogs and shit like that. Just walking around. For me, it was the music. 
You know what I mean? And Definitely. and I say that because like again, the timing of our generation and when rap became big, like it couldn't be kids at the time. You know what I mean? So like yeah. when we as kids got into hip hop, it's the early nineties. Yes. And so my favorite rapper at the time is Nas, and he's nineteen. He's a kid in my eye. You know what I mean? Like at the time yeah. he's an adult, but he's rapping about not kid things. And so, like, I believe music is so visionary, right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it can, I believe it's still one of the most powerful muses on this earth. True. Facts. I, I can't live without it. There's nothing I don't, there's ever. So we're kids in the 90s, right? And I don't, I don't know about, like, your upbringing with your family and stuff but being around drug dealers and users you know what i mean hearing it portrayed in the music made it very real for me you know what i'm saying like i had family members that was on drugs and family members that dealt in drugs so like that hearing these stories that shit was real to me no, I understand this because, like, yes, my aunt's crackhead. So, yeah, I know I get it. You know what I mean? That's right. And, so and the that, role model, and that, hence the role model that you had. What was his, bingo. What was his damn name? Tucker. All right, not Pookie. He, That's what I was not thinking. All right. <laughs> you say Pookie? <laughs> I was thinking. I was going to say Pookie right off the bat just because I was yeah. just like, like. Nah, nah, listen. And when he, when I was younger. Yeah. Yo, my man had a Jerry curl, but he had it faded on the side like Big Daddy Kane. No, this he was the he was the illest nigga I knew, right? But right. like he passed away like four or five years ago, which was crazy. And then like his building's like a piece of trash now and everything. But anyways, yeah, man, like the music that we had was so was so big and was so legendary that I think it dictated that our lives. And everything. then the people within it would we try to be the reflection of that. Now today with YouTube and all these stars in it. You know, naturally, the human brain's going to just mimic that as well. Yeah. And so I think as us in this platform as well, we have to try to embody a positive reflection towards the youth because it's – and this is why we're starting to be on YouTube because if anybody's going to speak to the youth, we got to stop with all these fucking, you know, gaming videos. I mean, do what you got to do and like what you like. But I think besides the BT late night, if there was a different channel on there spitting some real shit to us like we really need to hear – that could yeah. have impacted our lives differently as well. So and you so, re- you met me in my rap life, right? Yeah. And the funny thing about that was I was I had always been my uncles was really into music too. And like one of the greatest gifts I ever got in my lifetime was when my uncle gave me his record collection. You remember all the records I had, the ones yep. that was on the walls, right? Yep. And so at the studio or whatever. So I never thought about rapping until my until my actual life started imita- started to imitate some of the things I had heard in music then I thought I was justified like I didn't write my first rap until I remember this specific night me my friend Casey he actually owns a our art gallery now uh, Cardinal House Studios right he could back me up on this one we rode we were selling weed to white boys. And it was the first time I had ever 
seen weed, bro. I was like 12, about to be 13. We had to ride our bikes across town to sell it. And like, I felt like I was moving 30 kilos of heroin. Really, we just had like, it's maybe four ounces of marijuana, right? Right. (laughs) Nothing big, but not big, right? And so like, riding back across town with money in my pocket at 13 years old, I felt like expressing that moment, right? Oh, yeah. And so like, I'm pretty sure... I wrote a, I think I wrote a verse over Gangster's Paradise beat. <laughs> okay, Man, I swear you, to you God, bro. Hot. boy, listen to hot. me. And, and, and my, I'm, I'm still, my man's on Instagram too, uh, Casey. He listen, he could, he could vouch for all of this shit, right? We sat behind the house my grandma lives in right now, and was just like, man, we live in the life, bro. Like we was cooling. And for the first time, my actual life and the things I was doing reflected the music. So I dabbled with it for the first time. And in the next summer, my life was just blown wide open. By the summer I turned 14, I was out in the streets. I was out there. That's the first time I had sex. My mom had moved to Indiana. I didn't have nobody watching me. For a long period of time, and then my um my cousin Shavonica moved in with me, and she was supposed to be watching me. <laughs> Wrong. But she, I'm 14. She's 20. <laughs> she's 20. Her boyfriend Draper moves in. We called him the Birdman because he was dealing drugs. Right? He called oh. me Birdman Junior at the time. That's who I was looking up to. Oh yeah, I was, there's the role models right there. Yeah, bro. The day I remember the first day he called me, he said, "Hey, we was at the school because I got in trouble for skipping school." And the principal said something to me, and he had come to pick me up because Shavonica was in Nashville, and he said, "Hey, you don't talk to the Birdman Junior like that." <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. You boy, you couldn't tell me nothing after that. But like, I'm having sex. I'm I'm dealing with people that are dealing drugs, people that are using drugs. I want to rap, nigga. Because this was the, I felt like it was the natural order of things. That's how strong the music had been on me since I was like eight, nine, listening to Illmatic. Crazy. That is crazy. It's crazy. Natural order. It makes so much sense. And it's just like, with this whole Aaron today, this natural order, it's almost like we don't quite know what it's going to turn into, you know? Yeah. What is, what is it going to create for the youth today? But I, I think it's going to create a lot less drug dealers and rappers. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's true. Because, I mean, I mean if, even if you look at, if we stick, it, stick to the music and you look yeah. at how music changed over the last 10 years. Yep. And how, like, these kids, the the musicians they're looking up to, are dead. They're overdosing, yeah, or in committing suicide. You know, God rest their soul and stuff. Like, I don't mean to get like deep into that, but like, they're junkies. Yeah, they started rapping about glorifying the drugs. We glorified the drug dealers, right? Yeah. So we wanted to be drug dealers. 
I wanted to be a drug dealer because I thought this is how you this is how you become the man. And, and there's only two sides to this. So if I'm not drug dealing, I'm going to end up drug using. I don't want that. They look like junkies. He don't. He has a Cadillac. Right. Yeah. These kids. They started hearing music about popping pills when they were nine and eight years old. Yeah. I didn't hear that kind of stuff. I, we was trying to sell crack, like not use it because that wasn't cool. And it's yeah. like it's accepted. How many pills are your are they popping this shit? And I'm like, yo, no, 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 no. Like you're looking up to these guys. They're overdosing. They're dying. They're 20. They're 19. I don't think this is the way, but then maybe it's just not my way, right? Maybe it is their way. Cause like these are these are the times we can't expect times to change and like the way things are done not to. It's just it's uh it's one of the things I, I do think about a lot. I'm glad the conversation got to this point because man. Yeah, I think kids see that today and they see these young artists dying, and I think they learn real quick. They're like, oh shit, not that. And I think what's taken over is like more of this like synchronized dance move type thing. So like, yeah, almost like an early eighty, early eighties, like kind of like the Tootsie Roll era, but this new age Tootsie Roll type thing. Oh yeah, definitely. But I, I think, think those the rappers key- that overdose were idolizing their rappers that they looked up to, yeah. who like was just smoking weed, doing this and doing that, acting crazy, partying, drinking up time. Kids are just like overdosed too much trying to idolize that and just got fucked it's crazy i think the thing i try to just i try to i i do get worried about like uh just the the influence that my children has like the influences like their the music the youtube and things like that as a parent you worry about those things even though i it's i will admit it's at a small scale right only thing i can do and that i try to do to combat it is that I'm I'm very honest about my past with them, right? Definitely. And so it it presents a different side. So like when they're like, if they ask me, "Oh, you like such and such? You heard this song?" I'm like, "Yeah, he he's nice. He sounds like a fucking junkie, though." I wasn't a junkie. Like I, I just I, it's just little things that that I try to be honest about, like even the mistakes that I made in the past, just to make sure that I'm presenting them with both sides. Because I don't know that they're getting both sides on YouTube and in the music. So I feel like it's my job to show them, hey, yes, this may be his truth. But it doesn't have to be your truth because no one ever told me that. Right. Again, I thought it was the natural order of things. No one ever told me, hey, you know, that shit could just be music. Right. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know, crack just rhymed with black, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. No one really told me that. Like, this could just be, this isn't, it could not be real. It's just a story for entertainment. Like, here's the real, here's the truth of what's going to end up happening. You're not going to be the world's most successful drug dealer that got away. It's not going to happen. No one ever yeah. told me that, right? Like, And then it's like, so I just try to, I think it's our responsibility to, present them with another with both sides of the story and i try to do that as often as i can like tell them this is these are the bad things that can happen awareness and perception yeah you're gonna take a calculated risk i support risk takers but i just need you to be aware 
of everything that's out there. And that's that's and just hope they're listening. Yeah, that's about all you can do. And then I just hope they're listening. And it's uh, I give it I give adults the same advice, too, because as we kind of touched on last week with the covid bringing the entre- entrepreneurial spirit out and a lot of people and friends and stuff and running my own business when people do ask me for advice i usually lead with my mistakes on purpose definitely just because i don't want them the internet is like i don't know rap music used to be mixtape culture everyone's hot <laughs> oh the internet will have you thinking everybody's making money Oh yeah, we they made money on day one, and it's like maybe some do, but like more than likely you're gonna have to put in some time on this. It's gonna take a little time to do this, this, and that, but that is possible. And like you just need to make sure that you're aware that like it may not work overnight for you. And like so, really think about if this is something that you want to devote your time to, because if it doesn't immediately work, are you gonna just quit? And if that's the case, then my advice to you is probably don't do this. Because there's a better chance of it not working ASAP than of it working ASAP. You know what I mean? No, oh, definitely. And, but I think I'd be okay with somebody just trying something, even if they quit, as long as they tried something else right afterwards and not gave so up. So that's well, – well, that's the thing. I, I think most people wouldn't try something else, right? They're like, oh, that – yeah, making money on the internet. You can't do that. I tried. And so that's what I mean by like, hey, if you're going to be – if if it's gonna bother you that you did it didn't work, maybe that ain't for you. Cause right. I just don't want them to have I don't like the idea that their time would be wasted either, right? Because uh-huh. like I do I believe this shit's not for everybody. And like maybe if someone would have been honest with you from the jump you wouldn't have wasted your time or you would have doubled down and realized that maybe it's something you just don't want, you know, no, because that's... everyone's selling stuff on the internet. And these and people it... that are trying to teach True. you to do these things, they're selling this idea on you. And I'm like, yes, it sounds great. That's what it's supposed to sound like. That's the marketing. But like, are you sure this is something that you want? If you want it and it sounds great, run for it. Let's do this. But if you just want it because it sounds great, you see what I mean? You see the difference Definitely. in that? Yeah, but then I would also like, add, know. like, not just the internet. And just bringing back when you asked me about working the weekends, I yes. think eventually I figured out the value of my time. And it was like, I know I'm going to die one day. And so my time is, like, infinitely matters to me even every second every minute every day and so it's just like valuing your time where where i get dictated by somebody else to you know do something else that i don't get to decide but eventually if i'm filling an application to get a job then i'm deciding so but i love that you say you know you have to figure out your time and then if you're going to try something it's okay to pivot and this is what we're actually doing with our time which started a couple years ago yes and that's just that's just brilliant. And it's I've even I mean, I've pivoted off pivots. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, I'm not I, I always say it. I'm not romantic about how I make my money. Yeah. If I was wrong, I'm wrong. Let's try something else. I'm as long wrong. as Let's you make else. your own money. Yeah, exactly. I just want I like to be in control of my destiny. Even if it's going to crash and burn, I want to be the pilot. 
Right. So what's a piece of advice that you can leave the kids uh, off today, you know, for National Youth Confidence Day? What's a piece of advice that you can give out the youth out there that's listening, peeping in? The best thing I can tell you about confidence is that you have to, you have to have the easiest way to, to get confidence in the thing that you need it in the most is to put confidence in into the things that you have to try the least, right? So you have to be confident in everything that you do. So like, I was confident that I could make a living, right? But I wasn't exactly confident in the actual practicality of going about my business. I didn't know how to do it, right? But every single day, I wake up and I'm thinking, if someone did it, I can do it, right? But it's not just about that super big goal that you have. I walk with confidence. I talk with confidence. I enter every room with respect and confidence. I'm never, I try to never let a moment be bigger than my confidence. And that doesn't mean you have to be arrogant. And that doesn't mean you have to have the answers. Have the confidence to stop. Sometimes you have to have the confidence to just stop and say, whoa, 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 I don't know what that means. I don't know what this is. Let's slow this thing down. That's confidence as well. But if you have that in everything and you practice confidence, mm-hmm. it becomes a part of who you are. That is it. I'm confident in my relationship. I'm confident in my business. I'm confident in my friendships. And I'm confident with strangers. But confidence starts with self-awareness. And that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day because we're running out of time tonight. But the two kind of go hand in hand. It does. What about you? I would say with confidence that you kind of have to trust in yourself. And whatever you do, and you kind of said a key word for me, being, you know, being a practitioner of whatever you you're going to do next. And so you kind of have to accept who you are and what you want to do next. So I would just say, if you're young in age and you don't quite know what you're doing, it's just because you have not practiced anything yet. Find something you love to do, practice it. And then confidence gets built up on that trust within yourself by you trusting yourself that I know how to do this with my eye closed. It's like learning, you just know English. You just know it. I'm confident to speak out loud. Why? Because I know the, these words. So same thing, everything you do, I would say, follow your heart and keep trying. And if you don't like it, keep trying again until you're like, this is it. And you're going to feel that fire burning inside of you. And you're going to have confidence within yourself to do that to the max maximum ability that you can. And say, just you're gonna die one day, <laughs> and and I love Gary Gary V reminded me that as well. And so I love mm-hmm. like taking that that wholesome attitude of like humility of like this this is what we have to experience right now. Do it, have fun with it. I love hitting the red button in life. Sometimes when I'm unprepared for it with <laughs> lack of confidence, but sometimes it pays off in in the long run. And <laughs> like this podcast, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it and it sounds great just to put it out there 
Yeah, like I said, man, I'm ready. To, I think we should wrap it up for this week. A little bit over an hour now. Um, anything, anything you need to say? You want to say? Get out there. Um, I'll I'll start actually. I'll say something. Okay. The you can listeners, you really want to help us out, especially with this being a new show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and rate and review us. If you're on Spotify, go ahead and hit subscribe. Both of them will then give you alerts of new episodes. But when you like and when you review us, it kind of gives, it plays really well with those algorithms. And then it, you know, lets them know who we are and it tries to put us in front of people that they think would ultimately like us, which would grow our tribe tremendously. And we can continue to do, you know, these great things. If you're on Instagram, you can found, find us at Cloud Conversations Pod on Instagram, right? Cloud Conversations Pod. We're also on YouTube as well with Cloud Conversations. If you follow the Instagram, you'll see the actual links to these things. I'm going to be working to get more stuff kind of concrete and flowing freely. But I just wanted to get that out there. You can follow us at Cloud Conversations Pod on Instagram. Um, this week, I don't even know if Loreano knows this. The first part of the show, I was actually live on Instagram. So we'll work out some ways to kind of do that fun. But yeah, go definitely go follow Cloud Conversations Pod. Um, that's all I got, man. What's up? Yeah, that's it. Uh, I would say, you know, if you resonate with us, we'd love to hear your feedback. Hit that like button and subscribe. You know, you got just two human beings kind of mind jamming of years of getting to know each other to the max effect with with an open perspective. And this is what Cloud Conversations is all about. Join us in the cloud and uh, hit us up next week and see what's good. Thanks for listening.